Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of So I Married a Horror Fan. This is a lovely review of a brand new film for you all. Um, you know the drill, first 15-20 minutes of this episode are going to be non-spoilers. Uh, and then we are going to go into our spoiler section of the review. Um, we will timestamp everything on the review because today, myself, Simon. And me, Lee. Are looking at... The new Ty West movie, X. Don't give it you. Which literally came out at the time of recording yesterday. So we are going to do spoilers and well, non-spoilers and spoilers. The first half of this review will be non-spoilers. Then we will give you a clear warning of when it goes into spoiler territory. And all of the review parts will be timestamped when this episode goes up on all of the descriptions. So today we are looking at X, directed by... Ty West. Mm -hmm. So, um, we'll get to that bit on the second half of the episode. Um, what are your... So, Ty West is someone that we have an interesting... Our relationship has an interesting relationship with Ty West. Um, because one of Ty West's movies is legit one of the scariest films I've seen in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been nearly 10 years since it came out. Mm -hmm. um, and that is 2013's The Sacrament. Um, which is a film we both watched independently when we first got together and we were both just like, holy shit, what have I just watched? Why have I put myself through this? Um, and in all honesty, he's he's the one of the like class of VHS filmmakers alongside Radio Silence, Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett and... Um, Who's David Bruckner, whose work that I'm kind of the least familiar with, but I've never walked away from one of his films going, oh my God, that was amazing. It was like the best thing ever, like fully buying in the hype. Whereas with like David Bruckner, I loved The Night House. Radio Silence, I loved Ready or Not straight off the bat. And the same with like Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett, I loved You're Next. Yeah. Um, I've always walked away from Ty West films like The House of the Devil, um, Sacrament and this film particularly, thinking he's a very, very good filmmaker, but he's a very specific filmmaker. Yeah. And I think sometimes his sensibilities and his aesthetic don't necessarily gel with what I want from horror. Mm -hmm. So uh, while I fully appreciate that he is a really good filmmaker and he's very good at what he does, I don't froth myself at the mouth over him like a lot of people do. Yeah. And that's not that's not a slight against him because everybody has different tastes. I think it's just that he's a bit more of a deliberate filmmaker and his influences are very much on the screen. Uh, whereas a lot of the guys, maybe it's the juvenile sense of humour that's in a lot of the other movies that I appreciate. But I mean, this this movie is good for a dude whose career started by directing Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever. A movie that he wholeheartedly hates and has denounced from his filmography. Did he legit? Yeah. That's amazing. It's the first feature film he directed. Um, and then he did The Innkeepers, Sacrament, uh, House of Devils, sorry, then The Sacrament, and then um, this. So, yeah, what what were your thoughts? Because obviously I know you kind of had some expectations, maybe some trepidation after Sacrament, because I know The Sacrament is a movie that did not vibe very well with you. It didn't really fuck me up. Apologies. Um, yeah, it really fucked me up. Um, I didn't really go into it with too much expectation. I kind of expected it to be like a little light-hearted, funny in places slasher movie. That's what I was expecting. I wasn't like going. It's gonna be like some you know masterpiece of cinema. I was like, it's gonna be some like schlocky seventies bay slasher movie. It'll be a bit fun. You know? Yeah. The phrase I've been hearing a lot in description of it is the Texas Porno Massacre, mm -hmm. which I think is very much kind of pretty much what this movie is. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think it was as funny as what a lot of people did. I've heard a lot of reviews saying that this is a very funny movie. Mm -hmm. And there are obviously some funny bits in it. There are obviously a lot of double entendres or like sexual based puns, yeah. which is kind of natural when you're dealing with a film that revolves around a porn shoot. Um I didn't think that it was as funny and as light-hearted as, like you said, I was expecting it to mm -hmm. be. Um, it's a lot darker than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot more, like, on that kind of, like, darker edge. 
both literally and figuratively, a lot of this movie is shot in the dark. Um, but I thought that it had a bit more of a like dour, almost there's almost kind of an existential without going too much into it until we get the second half of the review. There's like an existential sort of undercurrent of like uh, that the dread comes from more of an existential place than a sure. like um, oh my god we're fighting for our lives kind of place. Sure. Um, but like, what were your overall like your initial thoughts? Because we saw this movie a few hours ago because uh, we went and saw it, then went and had some dinner and came came home. So, what were your like initial thoughts while you were watching this? Like, okay, I'm gonna try and be mildly constructive and as vague as possible because it's a non spoiler part. I mean, it's fine. I don't need to say spoilers. So I need to say that as well. Um, so I left to go to the toilet halfway through this film. Pretty much spot on halfway through yeah. this film as well. And as I left the cinema, I'd closed the door, let out a really heavy sigh, and went, oh, fucking heart house bullshit. That's how I feel about this film. I, I, I really wanted to enjoy it. I went into it really, really, really wanting to love this film. And literally about, I think maybe about 40 minutes in, I knew this was not a film that was made for me. It does basically everything that art house films do does that irritates me and it is very 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 slow mm-hmm. i know a lot of people say it's deliberate it's slow nothing happens for massive stretches of time but yeah see you keep saying it's an art house movie and i don't think it is like to me to me, art house movies or like the type of movie you're describing is something like Lamb or something more along those lines. I want to know what you mean when you say it's an art house film. I mean the way it's shot. It's a very stylish film and a very deliberately stylistic film, but. It's, so a lot of films, and it's the same way I feel about a lot of films of, of this vein. And when I say art house, I don't mean the plot line, I don't mean the performances, I mean specifically the way it is shot. It is a lot of very artistic shots that are unneedfully artistic. And also those weird, as I mentioned before, the quick cuts of two things that are definitely related. But it's not entirely clear how they're related yet, but it'll make sense later. Mm-hmm. And they flick back and forth between the two shots. And that's what I mean by art house. I don't mean the plot. I don't mean the acting. I don't mean like the premise of the film. What I mean is the very deliberate way in which it's shot. Screams like art house mm-hmm. and very specifically there is one scene that i will talk about that i was watching it going oh, this feels like it could have come from like something more like Suspiria than this or like from black swan from instead of something like this mm-hmm. but i think my main issue is because i'd gone into it expecting it to be a fun light-hearted porny slasher movie Mm-hmm. and instead it was this really I'm going to use a phrase I don't use very often because I think it's the only way I can really explain it without having to sit here and trying to worm my way around stuff artsy-fartsy film and I will very rarely refer to something as artsy-fartsy because things like this are very subjective and things that I think are like super like oh it's not really artsy-fartsy other people will be like well it's not it's just that's the, the production yeah Um. so it's not a phrase I would use but it's the easiest and quickest way to explain big shots of this film is like very artsy fartsy like a film student has watched a fuck ton of like old like italian art house films and gone i've got it i've got it which is fine if that's what you're into but it's just it's not i'm not like banging on it because it's just i don't like those kind of movies if you like those films this film is probably fantastic if you don't, you're probably going to hate it. So I feel like, A, this is the way Ty West makes movies, having seen like House of the Devil and some of his other work. This is kind of just how he makes movies. I've only seen Sacraments. So. Also, secondly, I feel like you missed the intention behind it. Okay. I feel like what he was trying to do with the film is what they were trying to do with the film in the film. So he, if you if you think about what they say when they're making the porn film, they're like, that guy is like, we can make an artistic one. We can make cinema. Just because it's a porn movie doesn't mean it can't look good. doesn't mean it can't mm-hmm. be well shot, well acted. And I feel like I mean, that's I didn't, why... I didn't miss the point. 
that's exactly why I just referred to it as an art house movie numerous times and called it artsy fartsy because it's intentionally artistic. Yeah, but I feel like what I'm saying is like I don't feel like well, you said that it was in, intended to be art house, but what I mean is I feel like the way that the movie was shot as in, like, just because it's a horror movie doesn't mean it can't look good was meant to mirror the way that the pornographic mm-hmm. film was made in the film. So it's not him just doing it for the sake of it. I feel like it was meant to mirror what was happening in the film. But this is also kind of what I was saying earlier of a lot of films like this. People don't like to say, oh, I don't like them or I don't really get it because it's always intentional in some point or another. And someone will sit there and go, well, it was intentional because it's supposed to represent this. And I'm like, I get that. I understand that. I still don't like it. Like... Yeah, that's fine. I just feel like you're making it sound more like a Lars von Trier movie than you're intending to. Not, I mean, it's the way it's shot. <coughs> but I will won't because we'll just end up arguing back and forth over the artistic direction of a film, which is kind of not what people come to listen to us for. But like outside of that, like what were your other thoughts on it? Um, I think it's well acted. I think the casts are all really good. I think the acting is um, superb. Um, Kid Cuddy is surprisingly really good. I wasn't, an- I wasn't anticipating him how, being as how good. How are as we he supposed was. to say his name? Because I assume his actual surname is Muscudi. So is he Kid Cudi or is it Muscudi and his name is Kid Cuddy? I mean, I've always assumed it was Kid Cuddy. That's how I, people tend to pronounce it. Because I assume the Cuddy comes from the fact that his name is Scott Muscudi. So is it? Mus- it might be Muscudi. Yeah. And then is it Kid Cudi? I was like, I, 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 I actually no have no idea. idea. But I've always, everyone I know has always referred to him as Kid Cuddy. So. Yeah. Don't know. I don't listen to his music, so I've got very little on it for you. <laughs> he's very out of my wheelhouse. But he's great in it. Jenna Ortega is fucking Jenna Ortega. She comes in, she does Jenna Ortega shit. We all go, oh, I like her. And then, yeah, she's just... She leaves. She leaves. Um, I really love me. Goth is great in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything. I haven't. She's British. British-Brazilian. But she talks with a British mm. accent, which I didn't know and I, until I read that fact about her. I was like, I just assumed she was Southern American. Yeah, no, her accent in real life is really strange because she sounds like a possessed Victorian doll. She's like, hello, my name's Mia Goth. I talk like this. It's very strange. <laughs> All right. Then. It's a very weird, it's a very weird accent. <laughs> She's, she sounds like a Londoner from like the 1920s. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Victorian here in London. I watched an interview with all of them for Bloody Disgusting and they yeah. were talking about like their favourite horror movies. She's like, I think I like the one where the, the thing does... I can't remember what movie she picked, but she's like, I remember being very afraid. And I was like, yeah, so she sounds completely different to how she does in this movie. She sounds like, yeah, a little haunted Victorian doll. Yeah, I will agree with you. I think, I, I mean... I think the movie is way slower paced than I was intending. I, But I think that in my mind is because I'm so used to modern slashes where they're like, here is an opening kill, here is 10 minutes of setup, and then the rest of the movie is just every fucker getting murdered like for every five minutes. It is, it is very like, and that's one thing I will say for me where the comparisons with Texas Chainsaw Massacre are uh, earned is in the fact that they both have like very deliberate pacing. Um, and like, as someone who sat through House of the Devil, when that movie only kicks off really at the last like fifteen minutes, um, I did find it quite. I don't think I found the pacing of the film frustrating. I found the fucking audience that I watched this film to be frustrating because there were a lot of points, even though there was like, only seven of us in the cinema, where I could hear people sighing or checking their phones or looking at their watches, and I was just like, "You, you're clearly." a specific type of audience who is used to a certain type of horror movie or a certain type of film that is not used to this much setup. I mean, or I mean, like all day they just didn't enjoy it. Like, yeah, but like I'm assuming that's the reason why because everybody nowadays is so used to being everything so like fast-paced and things like that. A lot of people don't really make slower movies anymore, I guess. Um but yeah, I mean I, I agree with you. I think everybody played their roles very well. It was interesting to see Brittany Snow do oh, something Brittany different Snow in this was great. movie. I loved her. Um, I really enjoyed Martin Henderson as Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> to be 
because that's basically who he plays. And I think that the antagonists um, are very good in it as well. It's weird. It's a weird generational film. Um, and it, it doesn't kind of go the way that you think it would. Um, but I don't want to say any more than that until we start talking about spoilers. But I think overall, I walked away from this film with sky high expectations because everybody I know who's seen it whether that be journalists, other podcasters, friends, blah, 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 have all said that they thought it was fucking amazing and they were blown away by it and, like, it's the horror movie to beat this year. And some of those people I knew instantly, like, I don't vibe with their opinions, but there are a few people that I trust whose opinions line up with a lot of mine where I was like, okay, I was ready to, like, have my balls blown off. And I just kind of walked out of it going, that was good. Same as I did when I first saw the, the, the new Scream movie. But then I've seen that movie like four or five times since and I now love it. So I feel like it's maybe going to be one of those films where I go back to it and I find more things that I like about it over time. But I definitely am not as sold on it as a lot of people are. Mm. Um, I was definitely expecting a lot more. Um, I was promised boobs. I was promised blood. I saw both of those things, but not enough of either. Fair. And I definitely did not see enough dicks. No. There could have been more dicks in this movie. Um, but yeah, that's kind of our initial thoughts. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you guys a warning. So you're going to get a 10 second warning. And then we're going to count down and go through to the spoiler section. So after the 10 second countdown, everything from that point will be spoilers. If you are still listening, we will assume either that you've seen the movie or that you don't care about spoilers. So please don't complain if you listen to the rest of the episode and you feel we spoiled the movie because you will be given ample warning. So spoilers coming in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Right, if you're still here, we assume that you've seen the movie or that you don't care about spoilers. We are now into our spoiler portion of our review of X. And I'm going to start with you. Mm-hmm. So, talk to me. What did what? Let's start with the things you liked about the movie. So, what did you like about this movie? I liked the acting. Yeah. I'll give solid acting chops from everybody in the cast. There's a great joke ex- halfway through the movie where um it's you see in the trailer actually is when um general Ortega's character says she wants to be in the porn film and her boyfriend goes well you can't do that you can't just change what a film is halfway through people come and expecting a certain thing you can't just switch it around and change it that's not how this works and that's the moment in which the film changes from what you've had up until that point it's about i would say it's about slap bang yeah. halfway through the film as well um and it becomes the Slash cat and mouse slasher movie whereas obviously up until that point it's been some weird porn making of film yeah. I guess <laughs> um, I quite like that joke outside of that they're like oh, I really wanted to like this film and I spent most of our walk home like trying to decide like there must be something about it that I honestly really enjoyed and I'm not gonna lie maybe about 30 minutes in if I was watching this at home or if I'd have gone to the cinema my, on my own, I would have just walked away. Yeah. I wouldn't have finished it. Because I just... It was... Really boring. Do you think it delivered the film that the trailer sold you on? No. Because you saw the trailer and you're like, that was really good. Yeah, it did not. Because the, the trailer sells you on, like, sex and gore. Mm-hmm. That's what this movie is. It's sex, it's gore, it's tits, it's blood. Like, that's what you mm-hmm. go in expecting. And, okay, yeah, there is tits and there is blood, but there's not enough tits and blood for that to be what the trailer... is the amount of the trailer sells you there's going to be. Because mm-hmm. it looks like they're going to be filming a porno and, like, throughout the filming of the porno, people are going to die. Like, that British film. Oh, there's a, Brit- there's a British film. It will come to me later where they're shooting a porn. Like, uh, somebody starts killing off the cast of the porn. Mm-hmm. I can't think what it's called. Somebody let me know. Like, I was kind of expecting that. Is that, that. really cheap one that we keep... Yeah, it's like, it's for. not an expensive... Like, it's literally made on, like, a shoestring And someone budget. famous, isn't it? Yeah, this got... Mm, oh, it's going to irritate me. I'll see if I can figure out what it is. Um, but I was kind of expecting that. Um, and it just... Doesn't... It doesn't give you that. 
No. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean... Yeah. I do like a lot of the foreshadowing in this movie. There's some great Chekhov's gun moments. Like, one of the first shots in the beginning of this movie is a big black cockerel. And then later on, you do see... A big black cock. Yeah. You see Kid Cuddy's penis, which is impressive. Um, and then, obviously, there's the whole thing about the alligator. There's the whole thing about the old man having a heart attack. Both of those things come into play later on in the movie. Um, the alligator stuff is fucking great. So there's a scene about, what, half an hour into this where she Mia Goff's character, Maxine, is in, like, a lake. Yeah. Yeah. And you see an overhead shot of, like, an alligator going towards her. So we as an audience know that she's being chased by the alligator, but we don't know, like, she doesn't know that the alligator is behind her. And it's really clever, like, it's really well done. Because he presents the audience with the danger and then kind of waits for it to pay off. But obviously the alligator doesn't pay off in that moment. The alligator comes into play later. Yeah, we we kept referring to it as uh, Chekhov's alligator. And then like the bit with the old man, they keep making references to Howard having a heart attack throughout the movie. And then eventually that's how he dies. He has a heart attack, uh, which I think is fucking great. Like, so there's some like really great moments like that where they set stuff up and then they pay it off like later on. And the payoffs are always satisfying. Um, we skipped the bit where we were talking about the characters and the actors and stuff. Yes, we did. Hang on, let me go back. I can't find out what this film is. It's really driving me up the wall now because it's going to irritate me. Um, but yeah, so casting was so blah, blah, blah. Written and directed by Ty West. We already know. Uh, so cast wise, so we've got Mia Goth is Maxine. Slash Pearl. Slash Pearl. Jenna Ortega is Lorraine. Brittany Snow is Bobby Lynn. Kid Cuddy is Jackson, Martin Henderson is Wayne, Owen Campbell is RJ, Stephen Err is Howard. That's it. And that's, yeah, that's it, because the rest of them are just, like, the sheriff and stuff who were in it for, like, maybe five minutes. I love the fact that Scott Muscudi, a.k.a. Kid Cuddy's character, is called uh, Jackson Hole. Mm. I think that's hilarious. Um, Yeah, like, there are some really cool moments in this movie. So, I don't mind a slow movie if the payoff is worth it. Like, this to me is kind of like... So, I don't tend to go to the cinema and see movies that are quite slow. Um, I prefer to watch them at home because I'm in the comfort of my own home. I can kind of, like, take them at my own pace. Like, I watched Midsummer for the first time at home and found it probably a more enjoyable experience than if I was sat in the cinema watching it. Because um, I always feel like an obligation if I'm in the cinema, even if I'm not enjoying a film, to sit and watch the whole thing all the way through. Whereas at least if I'm watching a movie at home, I can always pause it, I can get up, stretch my legs, make a cup of tea, like recalibrate my brain to like finish watching it, things like that. Um, and like Hereditary as well. Like Hereditary has an incredible payoff. Um, then yeah. like to make an interesting comparison, this movie is slow but I stuck with it and was rewarded by the third act. I thought the third act, when the bloodshed started, was worth having to sit through a, a quite a long build-up. Whereas a movie like Dune, I watching Dune felt like getting a really incredible blowjob and then somebody just stopping halfway through and walking away. Mm. And I was like, this movie like looked amazing, sounded amazing, was really well acted, but it was just fucking boring and it just ended with no payoff. And to me, that's kind of, I imagine, how you felt watching this. I was, like, not satisfied by Dune at all, whereas I felt the ending of this movie was satisfying enough that I walked away from it going, OK, it took us a little while to get there, but the payoff was worth it for me. Um, so we talked about the characters. Um, what do you think of the actual premise of the film? Like, what what was your kind of thoughts on the actual plot and the places where the film goes um it has all of the setup of a great slasher movie it does like it's on a porn set and the thing is as well it's set in the 70s so like peak uh tits out porn 
Yeah, because like Paul tits out horror. They reference Debbie Does Dallas at one point because that's I think the most recent thing in the porn world that's just come out. So that's why oh, they're like trying to make no that idea. movie the same way. I have no idea. I know very little about porn. Um, but like, yeah, the, the actual premise of it is quite amusing, but it's just it doesn't seem to go anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And also the big issue I have is that there's no real explanation as to what the fuck is actually happening with the old couple. Mm-hmm. See, like Pearl and Howard. Yeah. See, I said this to you over dinner, like, when we were talking about it. There are moments in this movie that are, like, full of great sadness and it kind of makes you appreciate, like... Youth is, like, to quote the the famous quote, youth is for the young. Mm-hmm. And, like, you look at these young people that are, like, carefree. They don't really have any cares in the world. They all just want to be famous. They want to be known for something. They want people to just, like, idolise them, worship them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're, like, really attractive people. And then you look at Howard and Pearl. And Pearl, who's also played by Mia Goth, in a fucking excellent turn. She's great as Pearl. I actually prefer her in the Pearl role than I do the Maxine role. Mm. Um, But she basically was a dancer who got married young and then over time she kind of gave up her dreams to, like, be with her husband and then she's got old and she basically just feels like she isn't wanted anymore. She still sees herself as, like a sexual being in like her twenties and she still thinks that she's desirable to like people. Whereas she, she hasn't, it hasn't sunk in yet that she is an elderly lady who, you know, all of her, I don't want to say best years, but like all of that part of her life is behind her and she's filled with regret. And I think that's why she's kind of killing off these people is because it's it's the resentment and the bitterness and the rage and, like, you know, that could have been me. That should have been me. Mm. And I love that duality between the way that she views herself and the way that she views Maxine because not only is it played by the same actress, but you kind of get the horror aspect from both sides of, like, she looks at Maxine and she's like, that should be me. This should have been the life that I should have had. Mm. And there's that jealousy, whereas Maxine looks at her and she's like, holy fuck, like, if I don't do something and do it quickly, that's going to be me. That's what I'm going to end up. Mm. And it's that kind of weird existential thing as, like, as human beings, we never really think of ourselves as getting old and we never really think about what our life is going to be like when we're older Mm. Um, because we're young, we're still out there we're living our lives and i think a lot of people felt that like to kind of bring it to the time that we're living in during the pandemic a lot of people were like i know a lot of people that were like we're students or we wanted to travel or we wanted to get married or we wanted to do this and they've had their life put on hold um and they're like that's two years of our life we're never gonna get back um and we've had to put off doing things that we wanted to do and that's when i think you start thinking about your life and i think a lot of people now have those thoughts more and more especially when they've been through something where they've seen people get sick or they've seen people like pass away around them and it's interesting that like for all of this all of what this movie does it's a really it's a really interesting sort of subplot and sort of theme that I didn't expect and it's handled incredibly well like I think like there are scenes where you kind of see her and she's like reminiscing about who she used to be and I think the scene where she kills RJ, when she sort of says to him, she's like, you know, I can show you what I can do. I'm still like, incre- like she still thinks that she's like this sexy 20 year old. Yeah. Um, I think the scene, I think that's why, depending on how you look at it, that's the scene with her when she's in bed with Maxine plays out one of two ways as well. Because a lot of people will see it as like a sexual threat sort of scene. Whereas I think she's, I don't think she wants to assault her. I think she just wants to be near her and be near her youth and kind of touch young skin and kind of remember what it's like to be that age. But I don't know how you felt seeing that scene. Um, Or what you got from the whole Pearl subplot. Honestly, the RJ scene where she kills RJ and dances, 
that was the scene I was on about. That I was like, it feels like it belongs more in a film like Black Swan or Suspiria yeah. than something like this because it's so fucking weird and unnecessary. And it just it's it's when she starts dancing afterwards. I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, the scene with her in bed with Maxine is just fucking uncomfortable mm. because. It's just like Maxine isn't awake; she's asleep as it's happening, and it's it's just gross. Like I looked away because I was like, I can't fucking watch this. This is vile. It, oh. I'm finding it very difficult to say nice things about this film, and I don't <laughs> want to completely shit on it. But I just I, I I've got nothing nice to say, hence why I'm not really saying a lot. What did you find? How did you find them as villains? I'm, mm. I'm officially scared of old people, mate. If old, if I see old people in the street, I'm chucking a bag of Webb's original and I'm fucking running. I just the thing is, is they. I know that like they're supposed to be threatening, but I I don't I didn't find them threatening or intimidating. They're very underhanded in their kills, and I, it, it's one of those things. Like, I'm like you. Yeah. I found Pearl to be more intimidating than Howard. I didn't find either of them intimidating. I just found them both very underhanded. Yeah. I mean, Howard didn't do a lot. He shot a couple of people. Yeah. And he took, like, a little hatchet to fucking General Tager's fingers. No, he, that's the butt of the gun he does Oh, that sorry, with. yeah. He, like, breaks her fingers, doesn't he? Mm. I thought he hacked at her fingers. No, for some he reason. uses the butt of the gun. But, like, I thought Pearl was, like, the real threat. Because she's out there actually, like, fucking setting traps, like, stabbing people... Like, doing fucking proper Cuckoo Cocoa Puffs old lady shit. Like, the scene... the scene. I'm putting it out there now. Horror filmmakers, stop doing eye shit. Stop doing feet shit. Cause there's, and like, hand shit. And hand shit. Because Martin's fucking death is horrible. Man steps on a nail, quiet place style. Death. And then he gets a fucking pitchfork through the eye as well. And I'm mm. like, come on, man. See, this is the other problem I had. I didn't find any of the deaths very inventive at all. Oh, I thought the alligator one was The cool. alligator one was the only one that I was like, that was pretty cool. But I saw it coming from a fucking mile off the minute Brittany Snow... Was, yeah, it was on Bobby Joe. Bobby, Bobby Lynn. Bobby Lynn was heading down towards the lake. I was like, well, that's how Brittany Snow's character dies then. To be fair, I thought Cuddy was going to get it first. alligator. Because Cuddy was in no, that like, way swamp too water. Way like... too obvious. No, it wasn't me, Cuddy. It was a minute fucking Bobby Lynn started walking down towards where I knew the dock was. I was like, well, that's how she gets killed off then. Yeah. Cause... And then the minute she saw um, Pearl, I was like, yep, there we go. She's going to shove her in the water. And it was fucking telegraphed to you what was going to mm. happen. And that's the problem I have, I think, with every single kill in this film, is it is telegraphed from a mile away. The only one that is surprising is General Tager. And that's because you yeah. kind of don't expect it at that moment. Yeah, she like runs out of the house and gets a shot shotgun gun straight to the through face. the face. Yeah. But like, um, RJ's is obvious because she's got her hand behind her neck, back. She's obviously fucking holding a sharp weapon. Um, Martin's. Martin's obvious because he's looking through the fucking little holes after shadows have just passed by. Although, him. I will say, Dickhead. I will say one thing. I love the fact that for once it's a man running around in his fucking underwear. That in is this. Very I was true. like, this is cool. Um, Kid Cuddy's was kind of surprising. I didn't see... I, I knew he was going to get off by the old dude, but I kind of didn't expect yeah. it to happen like that. I expected him to like maybe get hit in the back or something. Also, Cuddy's was shit because it was off screen. It was off screen. And then you don't see a body. No, you don't. Um, who's next? Uh, after Cuddy, it's... Brittany. Brittany Snow. Yeah, Bobby Lynn. Bobby Lynn. And That's then... telegraphed. And then it's General Tiger. Yeah, who... Lorraine. Yeah, Lorraine. And obviously the heart attack takes out um, Howard. Howard. And that's literally, you get told he's going to die of a heart attack maybe like fucking 30 minutes into the film. I love that though, because I love the death rattle because they shoot her in the face and then she kind of goes, <gasps> and then he just has a heart attack. Like, yeah. <laughs> and good. then obviously Pearl's death. That was funny when the shotgun throws her through the fucking yeah. door. 
But the minute she started crawling towards the road and Maxine got in the car, I was like, oh, Maxine's going to run over her head. That's how she dies. Yeah. Like, pretty much all of the <coughs> deaths, bar the two that Howard commit, mm-hmm. are fucking telegraphed from a mile off exactly how they're going to die. Yeah. And that takes half the fun out. Mm-hmm. I want to be shocked by an inventive death. Yeah. Yeah, it was... I like, the thing is as well, like... This is another thing, like, and this might be like a piece of poor writing because they make reference a couple of times to the fact that um, Jackson was a member of the Marines mm-hmm. and him or, and Howard have the conversation about him being a Marine. He should have... I don't think he ever was. I think that's the joke. Right. I think that he keeps making out like, oh, I was a Marine. Yeah, because I was going to say... Because he's like, once a Marine, always a Marine. And then when Howard scares him, he's like, oh, yeah, always a Marine, and then shoots him. Yeah, because I thought, like, that's what I was going to say in my head. I was like, he should have seen that coming. He should have been more aware if he was an actual Marine of what was happening. But, like, I don't know... Yeah, now that you're saying it, I don't know if he was saying that because he's like, I'm uncomfortable around this racist old white man. I don't know if it's more that or if it's more that they are, like, all the the peace love hippies. Hmm. I, mean, I don't know he could be, but it's never really actually... It always seems like he's making a bit of a joke yeah. about the fact that he was like... Because he makes about a joke about being doing two separate tours in Vietnam. Yeah. And he uh, mentions about like looking for people in rice patties and rice fields and stuff. Mm. But if he was a Marine, he should not have been taken out that easily. No. Like, he should have had more foresense to kind of know what was going on. But, like, I think this movie has a lot going on and not a lot going on. I will say one thing about this movie is I really, really appreciated its treatment of sex workers Mm. as opposed to, like I said, how they're treated in House Last Night in Soho, not House Wax, Last Night in Soho. Like, I like like the idea that everybody's like, we're here because we want to be and, like, this is what we do. And, like, the whole conversation they have about, like, we do it because we enjoy it and because people like get off sex, get off on sex it. is sex sells. Yeah, basically. and like I like I like that idea of like yeah, because there's the conversation they have with Jenna Ortega's character, isn't it? When yeah. they're um, talking about she's like how how like how do you let your girlfriend have sex with someone else? And he's like it's just sex. Mm-hmm. Also, now that I'm thinking about it, because you said there was not a thing about a, a real storyline plot about Pearl and Howard and how they came to be. And I, I didn't really think about it until just now. There's a lot of shots in this movie where they keep flashing to the TV with the fucking... Uh, tele- televangelist. Televangelist. And at the end of the movie, we obviously find out that Maxine is his daughter. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm wondering, because there is a bit of a religious undercurrent in this movie. There's a lot of, like, religious symbolism and mm. things like that. I wonder if the people that have ended up at their house previously are other people that have been mentioned on that. And there's kind of like a they see themselves as the right hand of God taking out sinners kind of thing as well. So. I think the whole point of the televangelist plot line is is just to kind of to basically because obviously Maxine is much like her father spends the entire thing going like she was taken in by these devils and she has become one of them. And at the end, she survives by the grace of God. Yeah, because she says that she's like yeah. by the grace of God. And I think it's the whole point of, like, you can badmouth them all you want, but God will still protect those yeah. who believe in him. I don't think it's ever really a, got anything to do with the couple other than they're all so religious, maybe. Yeah, because there's a lot of, like, moments in this. Like, when Jenna Ortega has her sex scene, she takes her, like... Cross off. Cross off, and there's, like, a lot of references. And she doesn't put it back on. Yeah, and there's a lot of references to, like, sex and religion and, like... Especially, like, from the elderly pe- the elderly couple, they kind of mention, like... <sighs> god and being righteous and all that sort of stuff a few times in the movie mm. um and i kind of wondered if that was like another sort of subplot of like i don't think so they're here to kind of like cleanse the world of the sinning youth i don't think so i think there's a slight there's a nod at one point so the carton that um jackson's drinking out of i couldn't get a clear look at it but i'm pretty sure the missing people on the carton are the old couple yeah Maybe. Also, the car as well. Maybe the person that's missing on the carton is the person whose car it belonged to. What, the guy who's in the basement? No, the guy in the basement was RJ. No, it wasn't. I thought the guy in the basement... No, it wasn't. RJ still out the front of the house. Fuck, yeah. I thought the guy in the basement was RJ. It might be the guy in the basement who's the missing guy on the carton then. Yeah, and whose car was outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
But then now that you're now that I'm saying it, yeah, it wouldn't have been RJ because when she's in the cellar screaming, she's screaming for RJ. Yeah, and Maxine sees him when yeah. she goes to get in the truck. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know why I thought that was Before him Before she hears reason. um Maxine scream not Maxine, um Jenna Ortega's character screaming. Oh thank God, that scene it that oh, that's just cleansed something very, very disgusting from my mind, which is lo- lovely. <sighs> um yeah, I do like how this movie kind of subverts a lot of things as well. Like, like I said to you, like the guy in the basement has very clearly been sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. um, and it's nice to. Well, it's not nice, and that's a horrible way of saying it. But it's it's interesting, it's interesting to see, to see the subversion of like, of yeah, like a woman sexually assaulting a man in a film rather than the other way around, and it's kind of. It's kind of refreshing to see that. It's still than, horrific. Yeah, it's though. like, and you don't actually see it. Like the implication is there that that's what happened to him, but like it's refreshing to see that it's that shoe on the foot rather than the other foot. Not that I feel like it's double gross as well because not only is it implying that she had sex with him, I feel like it's partially impl- implying that he was potentially dead when it happened. Well, that's well. why in my head I thought, thought it, was it was RJ, RJ and yeah. then she strung him up and fucked his dead body was what my initial thing went through sorry if that sounds gross i'm really sorry to anybody that just heard me say that but that was kind of what the in in my mind that's why i said to you i was like when i read the bbfc rating they were like blood around the genitals implies that a body had been sexually assaulted and i was like oh the corpse and i was like in my head expecting it to go in and be like one of the girls yeah Um, and then when you see that you're like actually no like this makes more sense but yeah it's fucking disturbing when you think about stuff like that the more you think about the layers in this movie the more disturbing the movie becomes after the fact yeah um because i think when you're watching it you don't really think about it but like there's a couple of really interesting shots in this movie where pearl's lurking around as well like that shot in the woods at the beginning where uh, maxine's at the pond and she's like hanging out in the woods and I'm pretty sure when Jenna Ortega's character Lorraine wakes up and she she's like calling for RJ. If you look, you I think you yeah you can see, you can see like the reflection of Pearl like in the fucking hallway. Um, Scatty old bitch. Um, but yeah, like it's one of those movies. I think this movie will do well and it will play very well for a certain audience. Um, I can't imagine if you're not a horror fan, this movie's going to play very well for you. Because it very much hinges on you being a horror fan. I'm going to be very interested when, like, actual, like, regular people's reviews start, like, general... Audiences. Audience reviews start coming out. Because, obviously, currently it's a lot of, like, um, critics who are all, like, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. It is... What did I I see it referred to in one of the reviews earlier? It's masterwork. Yeah, like the Ty West masterwork. Like, I believe someone referred to it as a masterclass in horror. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't think it's any of those things personally, but there we go. Um, but I'm going to be very interested to see what, like, general um, audiences. Audiences, thank you. Yeah, because I think, think at, at the it. time of its release, just before it's released, it was sitting at 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is kind of unheard Ooh, of for a movie of this ilk. What? It's now 95. Yeah, that's still... And it's fucking... a 7.6 on IMDb. That's fucking good, though. Yeah, but it has only just come out. There's time yet. <laughs> uh, audience score is 79 um, to Martin Meter, which I think is... Uh... Rotten Tomatoes. No, it's, it's the, the critic, critic review yeah. is 95. It's pretty good. Yeah. Talking talking about the suspense and the horror in it, did you find it suspenseful at points? There was a couple of good jump scares in it, I thought. Um, and there was a couple of bits that made me a bit squeamish, the foot thing particularly. Um, and I thought that there were a couple of suspenseful scenes, mainly where you don't know what Pearl's doing or what she's up to. I think that's a funny thing because they set up like three potential fates for characters and then keep cutting back between different scenes. So you'll see someone in peril and then they'll cut to another character and your mind's lingering going, well, what the fuck is happening to this person? You're constantly always thinking about somebody being in some sort of danger at some point um i was always more frightened when pearl was on screen than when howard was um, yeah i don't know what it is about pearl i think there's just something massively unsettling about her and i think it's just because she fucking reminds me of my nan not my nan who is still alive but my nan who died um who's a fucking who was a fucking dick um and i think pearl reminds me of her quite a lot 
Um, and I think that's probably why I'm more... I don't want to say afraid is the right word, but I'm more uncomfortable every time Pearl is on screen than I am when Howard is on screen. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Mia Goff's performance as Pearl? I, honestly, um, the casting is the only thing I will give this movie props for. The cast is phenomenal. Mia Goth is amazing in both uh, both roles as Maxine and as Pearl. She really pulls it out of the bag. And I honestly... I kind of saw this movie in a very different way because there's a scene quite early in the film when um, Maxine is in the house and she's talking to Pearl and you get a glimpse of Pearl's face and you can see... um, Like the freckles. The freckles around her eye, same as Maxine. I'm assuming they're actually Mia Goth's freckles. Or it's a makeup job. I'm not sure. I don't know what she actually looks like. Um, And I was like, oh my God, is this actually like a weird... like? Mia Goth's character isn't at, like Maxine isn't actually that person like it's somebody else and the woman old woman is actually Maxine old and she's forcing her image on somebody else yeah. like I thought it was going down some like really weird psychological like Black Swan yeah and I was like I'm here for that and they're like no 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 she's just some old bitch who wants to kill people I'm like okay so it was more interesting than that, but apparently not. But the, the, the main issue, right, like, so uh, along with all of the other issues, like, as well, the one problem I have with Maxine and Howard by default is that you never find out anything about them, really. They are old people who live in this house. Howard doesn't want to bang Maxine anymore because he's too old and he's scared he's going to die of a heart attack if they have sex. Mm-hmm. And she's all like, he doesn't find me attractive anymore. Oh my God, like, I'm ugly now. No, dude's just worried about dying if he has sex with you, which I think is fair. And but like there's like a reference to there being a lot of past victims because he says he's like oh we'll just chuck them in the lake yeah. along with the rest of them and like how long has this been ongoing are you guys serial killers do you specifically rent out the cabin to people so that you can lure people here to murder mm. them like what is going on because they don't address any of it yeah because they both have different reasons behind their motivation for killing people because she says she wants to kill the young girls because they remind her of her faded beauty and. All of this stuff, except I don't think she ever wants to kill Maxine because she says that Maxine's special like she was. I think she wants to keep Maxine like she's got the guy in the basement. Like a fucking butterfly. Yeah. Um, Whereas like Howard is like, you fucking fuckers coming along here trying to fuck my wife. And Kid Cudi's like, yeah, mate, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) He's like, I'm a slipper this fucking foot long. Like, (laughs) no, that ain't happening, dog. And then she fucking just, he gets killed anyway. Like... And so I think it's like they're both acting out... Like he's acting out of the fact that he can't give his wife what he wants. So he's looking at these young, virile, studly men who his wife would like would have, bang. would have fucked and wants to fuck. And she's looking at the younger girls. But she never feels threatened from the other side. She never thinks that these women are trying to fuck her husband. She just thinks that like her husband doesn't want her because she doesn't look like them anymore. Which is an interesting, actually, since you mentioned Last Night in Soho, there is that kind of weird thing of, like, if you've seen the end of Last Night in Soho, which I won't spoil here if you haven't, but there's that whole kind of thing of, like, the older and younger versions and, like, the faded beauty and all that sort of stuff. Mm. There is kind of that weird, interesting parallel. And obviously the, the two storylines play out very fucking differently. But yeah, I found it. I found like the motivations were quite clear. But you are right. Like it is a case of like, how long have they been doing this? What made them start doing this? Why were they well, doing this? It's like I thought. Oh, maybe well they haven't told you because it's going to be a prequel. The prequel wasn't written until after this movie had been finished. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was like, oh, they didn't tell you because they'd already always planned for there yeah. to be a prequel. Like the prequel was written after the film had been filmed. And there's going to be a third one apparently. A triple X, if you will. <laughs> well, it's named X after the X rating. Yeah, and that's because that's, that's what, what comes up at the end, doesn't it? Like yeah, the logo of the X. X. Also, I don't know why we didn't get the teaser trailer for Pearl at the end of our cut in the UK. I don't know if it's like a view exclu- like exclusive thing, or if it's all chains across the UK that didn't get it. But like American audiences are getting it because people have said that they've seen it, and I've seen it bootlegged on YouTube, but. For some reason, the UK audiences haven't got the teaser trailer for Pearl attached to the end of this movie, and I don't know why. Um, but yeah, like it's it's a fascinating film in the sense of like I I do think this will be a divisive film, much in the same way that I, like there's not been a lot of divisive films in horror recently. Halloween Kills was massively divisive. 
and I think last night in Soho was, but I think they were divisive for different reasons. For the most part, people loved Scream, and I think people are going to go one of two ways on this. I think people are either going to walk out of it going, either they loved it, it's fucking great, future of horror, like best movie of 2021. So they're going to be you or they're going to be me? I don't think any of those things. I oh. thought it was a good, well-made movie. I don't. Are, thi- you, are you are you not marmiting this film? No, I don't think this movie, depending on how the rest of the year goes, I'll be very surprised when December rolls around if this makes it into my top five horror movies of 2022. Because I realise we've still got the Black Phone, Hellraiser, blah, 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 coming out towards the end of the year. Um, it is a movie that I am interested to watch again to see if my opinion changes on multiple viewings. But right now I'm standing by the fact that it is a very solid, well-made film, but it's not the absolute game changer that a lot of people are making it out to be. Mm. So I I do think people will either have one opinion or the other. People are either going to really like it or they're just going to walk out of it going, nah, it's fucking shit. Mm. Um, I don't think there's going to be much grey area on this because it is... As a whole, it is a film that demands one reaction or the other because of the type of film it is. I don't think anybody will walk out of it and go, eh. Mm. Um, But yeah, I am kind of interested to see... Because I think also we saw it with quite the wrong audience. We saw it like one o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday with six people who were all kind of a bit apathetic towards it. Mm. Nobody really reacted to any of the jokes, any of the moments, any of the kills other than Jenna Ortega's, which inspired two dudes in our screening to start fucking laughing. And I was like, I don't know if that's nervous I mean, laughter no, or if you like I genuinely... I chuckled a little bit because it was, it was like, really she goes funny. flying yeah. back into the house. Yeah, I was like, that kind of was a bit strange to me. But yeah, I think overall this will be a movie that will kind of like inspire one or the other opinion but currently as it stands i think fresh and scream are both higher on my list of horror films in 2022 that i've enjoyed more than x um but i always find myself at odds with everyone else because i'm like one of the rare people that liked halloween kills so I don't know. Maybe my opinion is wrong. I don't really think anybody's opinion on it. There's no such thing as a wrong opinion. Yeah. You're entitled. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions on stuff. The one last thing I will ask you about, seeing as you talked about the creation of the movie and how it was shot, um, did it feel like a period piece to you? Mm, yeah. Did it feel like if nobody, if you didn't know any of the actors or anything in this, and you didn't know it was released this year, it did, would it, it have felt it like looked, a 70s? It film? looked like it would been made in the 70s. There's like the grainy effect they put on the film itself as well to make it look like something from the 70s. So yeah, I believe it was made in the 70s. It's boring enough to be made in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we should probably give final thoughts on this one then. So your final thoughts on on X by Ty West and a score, please. I absolutely hate it. If I could take back the hours I just lost watching it, I would in a heartbeat. Do you know what? I think this is like I like normally I would try and say at least something vaguely nice about a film. I think this is the worst film I have had to sit through. That that can't be true. You can't hate this movie more than Last Night in Soho. I do. I legitimately do. There are a lot of bad movies we've watched. You're telling me you hate this movie more than Dracula 2000. Yeah. Because at least Dracula 2000 is fun and it's pretty snappy. Jesus. Like this, honestly, and I'm I'm not talking about just since we've done this podcast, I'm talking overall. I sat through Slumdog Millionaire (laughs) and I hate this movie more than that. Wow. And I I know people are going to be like, you're being very dramatic. Like legit, I, I... I don't know what it is. I just I cannot stand this movie. If I, if I could, I would give it a minus rating, but I can't. And I'm gonna give it point five, and that point five is purely because the cast are trying their fucking Mate, hardest. It deserves more than a point five. At uh, least a one. F- <sighs> no, I'm giving it a point five. Mate, Kid Cuddy's penis alone deserves <laughs> a fucking one. Jesus. No, like li- I normally I will try and find something nice to say, and. I mean, I've sat here and said I've hated a lot of films. I've given them, like, low ratings. Mm-hmm. But I find it... I, I, I feel really bad. And I don't want anyone to take what I'm saying. as like, oh, this movie is fucking terrible. You shouldn't watch it. For me, personally, this movie is something I would never sit through again. To my dying day. I have to. I have to ask, though. Like, do you think it's a you thing or a Ty West thing? <sighs> Because like I and I don't I don't mean that I to don't I don't mean know. that to poke the bear as it I were don't because know. like 
The Sacrament is one of the scariest films you've ever so, seen. Yeah, so I, this is what I mean. It's like, I, The Sacrament, I will never rewatch it in my entire life ever again, but for very different reasons. The Sacrament is... It needles at you throughout the whole film. Yeah. So The Sacrament, you go into it and it starts immediately, like, just pressing yeah. on pressure, pressure points. And I think the thing with The Sacrament is we all know how it's going to play out. So it's just that tension of waiting for it to all kick yeah. off. And the thing is as well is they do a really good job of kind of needling you throughout the whole fucking mm-hmm. film. And I will never rewatch it, but I loved The Sacrament. As much as it fucked me up, I really loved it. And I think it was a, it was a fucking masterpiece. So it's not... I mean, I've not seen anything else by Ty West, though. So that's the problem. I can't sit here and say it's not Ty West. The Sacrament could be the outlier in his filmography. But this... Like, I really wish I had something nice to say about it. I honestly do. Because I feel like it's going to be one of those films that some people are going to be like, it's the greatest thing they've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And they're going to really fucking love it. But I just... But about 20 minutes, literally about 20 minutes into the movie, they keep... You were getting annoyed because I started sighing. Yeah. I nearly fell asleep at numerous points. Jesus. Yeah, because I, I honestly thought you would struggle with this film because I think like a lot of films, when I read like the uh, like insane gore and stuff like that, I start thinking, oh, I don't know how you're going to take this. It wasn't that gory. Yeah, but this is what I mean. When I start hearing things about things, like with Fresh, I was like, I don't know how you're going to take this movie. And like it kind of puts a weird pressure on me because I'm like... I know what this movie's going to be and I know what I can handle. And then I try not to tell you things because I don't want you to like back out of seeing a movie. But I genuinely thought the issues that you would have with this movie was that it was maybe going to be too much for you, not the other way around. I thought maybe you would walk out of this movie and go, I enjoyed it, but X, Y and Z were too much for me. I didn't think you would have this much of a visceral negative reaction towards it. I, you know, I've never had such... Like, and you, you know me. I'm very much like, if I don't like something, I will make my opinion very clear. Mm. I don't think I have ever had this visceral of like, a hatred for a film straight off the back. Normally, there's something in the film that I'll be like, I didn't like it. However, this thing was really good. Yeah. I really like that they did that. I don't like the pace. I don't like the way it's shot. I don't like the weird art cuts that they do mm-hmm. i i don't particularly like the characters very much i think the actors do an amazing job with what they're given and the acting in this movie is top notch and they all deserve awards for the effort that they have put in in this movie but yeah apart from the only other film i remember having this visceral of a reaction to is slumdog millionaire Jesus. and i hated that as well I just don't think you like 70s horror, to be honest, because you hated The Exorcist, you hated The Omen. But The Exorcist, I found things like The Exorcist yeah. I liked. The Omen, I found things like it I liked. Same with American Werewolf in London. I think it's dreadful. That werewolf transformation, though, is worth, like, fucking six points all on its own. Yeah. It's magnificent. But you see what I mean? Like, all of those films, there's something in it that I'm like, movie shit, however, this thing, magnificent, makes up for having to sit through it. Mm-hmm. This, the, the acting is incredible. Mm-hmm. But if the acting if the acting hadn't been as good as it was, I would have scored this movie like a minus three. Jeez. Because that's and I don't think I've ever reacted to a film like that before. And maybe that's the point. Yeah. Maybe that is the point that you're just supposed to have a visceral reaction to it. I think I've just given up all hope of us ever having Ty West as a guest on. <laughs> <laughs> you never, never know. He might be like, I want to talk about why you hate my film. <laughs> so much but yeah I don't know it's really weird do you think you'll watch Pearl god no (laughs) god no I would rather be tied down and forced to watch The Omen and The Exorcist on repeat for 10 hours than watch Pearl will you watch another Ty West film though (sighs) if the if the plot seems interesting I will give him a go (laughs) because the sacrament is great but I feel like potentially me and Ty West just don't get along because you said here this is very similar to some of his other stuff. Yeah. And I feel like potentially it's a Ty West issue I have. Yeah. See, I am the complete opposite. I think the VHS crew, like as I said at the beginning of this review, if you listen to the non-spoiler part, I referenced it. All of the class that came out of that VHS class, so your Simon Barrett's, Adam Wingard's, Radio Silence, Ty West, um, David Bruckner, 
all of their films are very much my shit, but for very different reasons. I mean, Radio Silence I can get um, on board with. David Bruckner I can get on board with as well. And like, My House is magnificent. I mean, you've not seen any of the Barrett and Wingard movies. No. We might queue up your next at some point. Uh, I have seen Wingard. Yeah, but we're talking about like, like not his adaptations or everything. We're talking about like his... <laughs> The Guest or Your Next or things like that. I don't want to watch Your Next. Well, watch The Guest. Though. Your Next is awesome. Uh, Ty West is in it, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> unsurprisingly. But yeah, like I knew going into this that it was probably going to be different to what I was expecting. Like I was expecting it to be like a proper, like fun, light-hearted seventies, like people like running around getting chased by old people and it's not it's it's that but it's a lot different um i didn't hate it i found that there were points where like my brain was checking in and out but i was entertained throughout i understood why the pace was as deliberate as it was um and for me, like, I thought the payoff was great. Like, I thought the whole, the whole third act, when the bloodshed started, was great. I do want to say, though, and I'll put this out there in the open now. Anybody that's listening, Jenna Ortega's parents, her manager, her agent, any potential film crew or cast or people that are going to... Radio silence, because I know y'all fuckers are starting to shoot Scream 6 in June. Leave her the fuck alone. <laughs> Between, She's had a really rough time of it, bless Between her. The Babysitter, Killer Queen, Scream, Studio 666, and this. I mean, at least she survives Scream and but, uh, Killer Queen. But, like, she gets fucked up in Scream, and it's so uncomfortable. Just the next three movies that Jenna Ortega makes needs to be, like... Confessions of a Girl on a Cruise, Jenna Ortega's trip to Barbados, Jenna Ortega takes six months off and gets paid to do nothing, because that poor girl, man, she goes through some shit, and I am sick of watching her suffer. She fucking loves it, though, doesn't she? Yeah, like, I love her to pieces, and but the thing is, she's so small, and she looks like such a little kid. And I mean, she's quite young. She's only 19, but she looks like a small child. Yeah. Every time I see her in danger, I'm just like, no, 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 no. That poor, that poor baby. We need to just leave her the fuck alone. Um, but yeah, like I would give this movie a solid three. I I like the way it looks. I like the cast. I like a lot of things in this movie. Um, I liked I liked some of the characters more than others. Um, it had some good kills. Uh, I've never seen an old lady get decapitated with a van before, so that was cool. Um, and watching Britney Snow get Lake Placided was quite cool. Um, but yeah, there are some issues with this movie. I don't think this movie will be for everyone. I do think this is a movie that you're either going to fall in love with or you're going to absolutely hate, depending on what your taste in horror films is like. Um but yeah, I I will say, and I think even so, you'll agree with me on this. Mm-hmm. I do think, given the fact that it is a small, original, independent horror movie, if people feel comfortable, they should go to the cinema and see it and support horror and original horror being made. And I do think it is one of those movies that you kind of need to see for yourself to judge for yourself. Oh, yeah. Whether like, you like it or not, yeah. you should put your money down and go and see it. Yeah, you should 100% go see it and make your own decision. Because, I mean, I think it's going to be a very Marmite film and people are either going to love it or hate it. But apparently it is a masterpiece and it's absolutely magnificent. So I might be the dissenting voice <laughs> shouting into the void going, shit, and everyone else is going, shut up. But at the end, everyone, everyone probably should make their own mind up on it, to be honest. And it is, you know, it's a very, very small cast. And especially in the UK, what other movie are you going to see this weekend with an old person in it? Are you going to go see the Nan movie with Catherine Tate? Fuck no. Yes. <laughs> we should have gone to see that instead. I propose a This mashup. movie remade by <laughs> Catherine Pearl Tate as Nan. Pearl. <laughs> What a fucking liberty coming into my fucking house. I love Nan. Making your fucking pornographic films. I love Nan. Nan would love it. Nan (laughs) would love porn being made in her house. What a fucking liberty. She's so funny. I realise that most people outside the UK are going to have no idea what the fuck we're chatting on about. Uh, But yeah, go Google. Also, if you're in the UK, Fresh is now on Disney+. Plus. We will be reviewing that on the 15th of April for our next Cross the Stream episode. Um, so, did you guys see X this weekend? If you did, did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Come, 
let us know on social media. Please be respectful of our differing opinions. Let's not turn this into a mudslinging match. Um, S-I-M-A-H-F pod on Twitter. So I'm Aaron Horrorfan on Tumblr and Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you, hearing your thoughts on X. Um, there are a few other horror movies that dropped this weekend in the US. Uma came out. Um, you've got Fresh on Disney Plus, which what dropped Uma, the one I was telling you about with Sandra Oh, in it. Oh. Um, that's out next week, March 25th over here in the UK. Um, yeah, Fresh just dropped on Disney Plus. I know it's been out elsewhere for the last two weeks. And Master, starring Regina Hall, dropped on Amazon Prime this weekend. So it has been an incredible weekend for horror. So I hope you guys have managed to find something to watch and something that you enjoyed. Um, as always, we look forward to the discussions around uh, our thoughts and feelings on this movie. Um, also, I think this is the first mainstream movie I have ever seen where I've seen a woman wipe semen off of herself. Hmm. Other than something about Mary. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's our thoughts on X. We will see you on Monday for our thoughts on House of Wax. House of Wax. House of Wax. House of Wax. Until then, stay spooky, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and we'll speak to you later. Bye. Bye.